Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... Here in South Australia, we have a bit of an awareness issue and, and a lack of understanding about what social enterprise is and a bit of a siloed ecosystem where the, you either need to kind of fit into the box of being a social impact in the not-for-profit sector or you're a business and there's kind of not much opportunity to bridge between the two of those in terms of, of funding opportunities. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 256 of Impact Boom. My name's Indio Miles and I'm passionate about communicating the initiatives and enterprises causing sustainable and positive change globally. Today we're speaking with Amy Orange. Amy Orange is a social enterprise founder and thought leader on a mission to build a thriving social enterprise ecosystem in South Australia through collaborative practice. Amy is a co-founder of Collab for Good, the social enterprise intermediary which builds the capacity and capability of impact-driven organisations and entrepreneurs in South Australia to drive positive social change. Amy is also the social procurement lead with Social Traders, where she links certified South Australian social enterprises into their national social procurement marketplace to enable social procurement opportunities. She is also the principal consultant of Fourth Sector Solutions, where she works with organizations to develop enterprising solutions which align people, planet, and profit for a better world. Amy sits on the board of directors of Info Exchange Group. Amy holds an MBA from Flinders University and has been recognized for her contributions with an award from Women in Innovation 2017 and being named as one of InDaily's 40 Under 40 business leaders in South Australia. Amy, thank you very much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. I've been following Impact Boom for a long time, so I'm thrilled to be able to contribute to the conversation. It's our pleasure. Amy, could you please share a bit about your background and what led to your work in social enterprise? Yeah, so I'm always someone that's been very passionate about social justice from a very early age. I can sort of remember arguing and having debates with my family when I was about five or six years old around why aren't people able to access these opportunities and why does it matter what colour their skin is? Mm. Why are these people being judged? And so so always had a, a very strong focus on social justice issues. And so it was a pretty natural career choice for me to go and work in the not-for-profit space, which I did for nearly a decade. But after a while, the traditional not-for-profit model frustrated me. There's a lot of great work happening and there still is, but there's a bit of a tendency for that work and, and a great impact and outcomes, which would start and stop on the whim of funders. There's a bit of a tendency to be reactive rather than proactive and often sort of constrained by what grants and funding opportunities kind of would enable. So it was kind of, I think it was about 2015 when I heard about this 
concept of social enterprise by Sarah Gunn. It was a presentation by Sarah Gunn, who is a founder of GoGo Events and Mm. GoGo Foundation. And she, yeah, really demonstrated to me that you can have this opportunity where you can create social impact through business practices, which offers people dignity and choice and often a real way out of poverty um, using sustainable business practices. So it was shortly after that I started thinking about my own social enterprise and I started Harvest Fair in, in 2017, which was a food-based social enterprise which was created to offer flexible employment for women who'd been excluded from the mainstream workforce. And we had a mission to use the power of good food to advance gender equity in Australia. And so we were operational for about 18 months. We did online meal delivery of ready-made meals as well as stocking ready-made meals in Drake's supermarkets around Adelaide. But for a number of reasons, I did have to make the tough decision to close Harvest Fair down in, in 2018. And a few of these reasons were certainly sort of my own naivety and lack of business know-how. But it was also in large part due to the lack of ecosystem support for social enterprises in terms of funding, recognition, learning opportunities that might have enabled me and, and Harvest Fair to thrive and to create real lasting impact. So really, since I'd made that decision to close Harvest Fair down and I recognise some of these reasons and there's, there's the lack of support surrounding us and Harvest Fair, I've really sort of dedicated yeah, my work to, to building up the social enterprise ecosystem here in SA. So while it looks like I do have many hats and I'm, I certainly do and I'm lucky to be, to be able to do so, um, mm. each hat's really purposeful in creating the conditions for social enterprise to, to thrive here in SA and to be taken seriously at state, national and, and even international levels. Wow, Amy, you've thrown yourself in the deep end very recently into the social enterprise sector. Very good background to have in the fields that you're in. So you're currently working across a range of organisations. And as you just said right then, you wear multiple hats. So how have you seen in South Australia's impact-led community grow over the past couple of years? And where are there some key opportunities for it to grow better and to meet the needs of the local community? Yeah, so it's a great question. And you're right, there's been quite an enormous shift in momentum in South Australia for for social enterprises and for the impact kind of sector over the last, particularly probably the last 18 months. We've really gone from having no organised ecosystem to to really now having three formal bodies in South Australia to support social enterprises. And that does include social traders, you know, who demonstrate the role of social procurement in creating mm. sustainable social impact, CoLab for Good, the social enterprise intermediary to, to build the capacity and capability of impact-driven leaders and organisations, and the South Australian Social Enterprise Council, which is just formed as the peak body mm. to provide a bit of a formal voice for the SA social enterprise sector. But really beyond these three organisations, we've still got a really strong community. So there's a lot of individuals and networks who are actively supporting this space and who've wanted to see social enterprises grow and reach their potential. And CoLab for Good has actually brought a number of these people and groups together into a bit of a coalition as well of industry leaders and invested stakeholders to try and build our influence and advocacy, create the conditions that we want to see for social enterprises to thrive in SA. But I do think it's worth sort of noting that while it seems to have happened quite quickly, you know, it's definitely been the result of many years of lobbying and efforts by people whose shoulders, you know, we're all really standing on now. Mm. I think it's really important to note that there's been a lot of pockets of work that's been done over the years by by many, many people. And we're sort of just, I guess, starting to to really see the fruits of those those efforts now. In particular, would like, I suppose, to mention Don Dunstan Foundation and the Flinders Uni New Venture Institute as well, who are pretty key early adopters and who are really responsible, I think, for bringing the impact community together 
So creating the conversations, running workshops, and we're probably quite instrumental in accelerating the social enterprise movement to, to where it is today. Mm. But also, I suppose, to answer some of the other parts of your questions, I mean, part of the work that Don Dunstan Foundation, they brought social traders here to SA. And I think that that's just brought a huge amount of credibility to the sector. And it's also given us national exposure to social enterprises and to business and governments and the way others think. And I know that certainly sort of expanded my thinking about what's possible and what lessons we can adopt here in SA to, to lead, to develop that sort of leading policy and to create the conditions for leading practice as well. But in terms of opportunities and what the key opportunities are in SA, there's lots of work to do. So we do have these three, you know, some formal bodies now, but we still need a lot of support, I guess, to, to do our jobs well. And state government has a huge opportunity, really, to look at what COVID economic recovery really looks like, whether there are new ways of addressing some of the challenges we see around employment and, and other social challenges. And while you never really, I suppose, want to rely on government to make things happen, in the case of the social enterprise sector, we have seen in other states and particularly Victoria and Queensland and, and certainly what's emerging in New South Wales mm. is that government policy and recognition of social enterprise really does help to build and shape the marketplace potential. So the development of a social enterprise strategy for, for South Australia, social procurement policy framework, mapping the sector, funding programs and intermediaries like Colour for Good to build the capacity of social enterprises and enabling funding opportunities that provide social enterprises with flexible seed funding you know, that's not restrictive and actually allows them to use funding, the funds to cover the cost of things like rent and other capital inputs that are, you know, as we know, quite often excluded from, from traditional funding mechanisms but are, are so critical to, to social enterprises being able to, to create strong foundations. Mm, wow. I, <laughs> I guess also, I mean, universities, I think, also do have a big role to play as well. I think that they support the sector a lot through partnerships and awareness and education. And unis in SA, I think, you know, they now offer a range of undergrad and postgrad courses in social entrepreneurship and, and social impact, which we sort of never had, or I certainly never had even sort of five years ago. And so the more we can, I guess, really embed impact in the triple bottom line into our traditional business and legal and accounting courses, better equipped our business and industry leaders in other areas and not necessarily just in social enterprise will be to I guess play their part sort of now into the future in terms of, of creating impact through the work that they do as well. Wow Amy it's lovely to see such momentum gathering in the South Australian enterprise well social enterprise state I should say more specifically and across so many sectors as well which I find quite amazing to see so much development in so little time really. So let's focus a bit more on the entrepreneurs themselves. So where have you seen early stage social entrepreneurs you've worked with typically find themselves struggling and how have they then worked through those struggles? Yeah, so look, there's lots of challenges, I think, that social entrepreneurs, and particularly in SA, face. But I'd say probably the biggest one is the lack of funding would be probably the number one challenge. As we all know, you kind of have to spend money to make money in order to yeah. have the impact that you want to create. And here in South Australia, we have a bit of an awareness issue and, and a lack of understanding about what social enterprise is and a bit of a siloed ecosystem where the, you either need to kind of fit into the box of being a social impact in the not-for-profit sector or you're a business and there's kind of not much opportunity opportunity to bridge between the two of those in terms of, mm. of funding opportunities. So social enterprises often fall through the cracks of funding yeah. opportunities in SA. And, and, you know, we are getting, I guess, more exposure to national funding opportunities, but we do tend to find that SA does get a little bit left behind. There mm. is, you know, quite often a bit more favour towards the East Coast contenders. So yeah. I definitely think that, you know, having some more funding programs, which really requires recognition and support from government and, and philanthropy to open 
open up requirements and be a little bit more flexible in some of those funding opportunities. Yeah, so true, Amy, so true. Speaking about the entrepreneurs still, what would be one piece of advice, one key piece of advice that you think all entrepreneurs need to know? Yeah, I think there's a piece of advice that I feel is pretty timely at the moment, Mm. and that's to not let ego hinder progress. And I sort of, yeah, and I sort of, I say this on a couple of levels. And I guess, firstly, it is a reminder to entrepreneurs at both ends of the ego spectrum, um, (laughs) because I think that no matter, you know, matter whether you have a bigger ego or you're sort of super humble, often entrepreneurs Mm. won't often ask for what they need because they don't want to be a bother or because they think they can do it all. Um, And I think that, you know, that is um, a common challenge that entrepreneurs face. So I think try not to let ego sort of get in the way of that progress. But more importantly, I think about what I'm keen to sort of convey in in this message about not letting ego hinder progress is actually for a broader social enterprise ecosystem. Um, It feels like the the sector, the ecosystem is really growing so quickly across Australia. And this means a lot of new players are coming into the space. And I think this is just sort of quite naturally making people who work in the sector feel nervous and want to protect their patch a bit. And I think there's a risk of the sector becoming fractured if we let ego get in the way of broader sector progress. So I think we just need to keep reminding ourselves why we're in the sector in the first place. We're yeah. here to, to really create change for big, sustainable social change and that everyone is necessary to be part of this thriving ecosystem. So it doesn't matter if you're a social entrepreneur or you're a funder or a researcher or intermediary and capacity builder. I feel like we're really on the precipice of real change here and we're finally mm. getting state and federal governments on board um, and having a collaborative and sort of united sector which supports and celebrates each other and the role that we each of us kind of has to play is just is so important at the moment. Amy a few lovely sentiments there that I think any social entrepreneur can really read into and invest in so very great advice that you've given. Amy what inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently that are creating a positive social change in their space? Yeah, so specifically, I'm, I'm probably most inspired by taboo sanitary products. Mm. And I have been for many years. So they're, uh, you know, well before Isabel was recently named Young yeah. Australian of the Year. So taboo and I, we started our social enterprise journey pretty well at the same time. And so we we're kind of operating under the same challenges and sort of the same lack of ecosystem support. And yet Isabel and, and Eloise, who are the, the co-founders of taboo, they just made really smart, savvy business decisions. And they just, um, I was really, I've always been so impressed with the way that they conducted themselves. They took their time, they built their community and they were still in high school when they started this. So I think they're just a great example that age and experience doesn't always mean you won't be successful. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I think it's been fantastic to see Isabel named as Young Australian of the Year and just seeing how much that's able to to project their their platform and the work that they do around addressing period poverty Mm. and having those conversations and, you know, it's, it's helping them to, to sell more product, which means that they can donate more funds back and run more initiatives to, to address this issue in Australia, but also around the world. So I just think that Tabura is just a fantastic example of what social enterprises can do and that Isabel and Eloise are fantastic examples of social entrepreneurs who have, have been really smart about the way they've gone about it. Yeah, Amy, I do have to say that I've had the pleasure of coming across Taboo very recently, which was really nice in my research and seeing their amazing work. They're definitely good leaders in the space. And it's amazing to hear they started around the same time as you as well. So you've taken very different journeys into the space and it really shows how diverse this area is. So to finish off, Amy, what books or resources would you recommend to our listeners? 
Yeah, so things are sort of evolving so rapidly for social enterprise here in Australia, but also across the world. So I'm really interested in sort of keeping my finger on the pulse. And I try to dedicate at least one hour each day to reading new articles and news as they happen to to Mm. kind of keep up with what's going on. So really, I follow my favourite organisations and entrepreneurs and thought leaders on LinkedIn and Twitter and and make sure I just spend, yeah, an hour each day sort of reading articles and information posted by them. So some examples of those ones, you know, Social Change Central, I think is great. Mm. Impact Room, of course, you know, I've been following for a long time and always get some really great insight from the podcast and, and reading the transcripts there. Excellent. Um, Center for, yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, you can pay me later. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've got the plug in now, yeah, so we're yeah, all that's good. right. <laughs> Centre for Social Impact, they have some really strong evidence-based research that I think is just fantastic information and, and offers really practical insights. Griffith University as well. And so, you know, so for the, there's some good examples of, of local or Australia-wide news and then just keen to follow what happens across across the world as well with Akina, Ashoka, Skull Foundation. They've all got amazing resources and articles and, and thought leadership pieces, yeah, that I love to, to read to keep up with what's going on. Amy, some fantastic resources there that you've recommended to our listeners. And all of those resources will be linked into the article at the end. So after you've finished listening to the podcast or reading the transcript, they'll be able to check those out. Amy, we've come to the end of our interview. And I just want to thank you very much for coming in and spending the time to share some of your generous insights. And I'm sure the work that you're doing and in the future for South Australia, we're going to see so much momentum gathering in the future. And we're very excited to follow along with that journey and see what happens. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. And yeah, thanks to Impact Boom as well for all you do to kind of keep our community informed and engaged. I think you're a great contributor to our ecosystem and to where we are. So thank you as well. Thank you very much for saying that, Amy. It was lovely to speak to you today. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.